And I think it's really important for women to have those yeah. conversations oh, yeah. because I think we're a lot more scared to approach the subject Absolutely, of yeah. salaries and Massively. promotions and what we we mm. like to just like work away don't we? quietly work away like my mentor told me that women are more likely to just sit there working in hope that people Someone will notice their achievements them. yeah and promote them will come. yeah oh, that people say oh you've been here for eight years you've worked really hard you deserve a promotion. Mm-hmm. Whereas they say, no, the person who talks the loudest is yeah. the person that's Which is promotion. normally the man, let's and be exactly. fair. Which is normally yeah. Priscilla. Excuse me. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tuned in to the conversation. For her, by her. This episode was recorded in the pod at White City Place. Hi and welcome to the Conversation Podcast. My name is Queen P, aka Priscilla, and I have been forced to come back on another episode of the Conversation because I'm super amazing. <laughs> I don't know why you keep and I'm, I'm really <laughs> awesome. She wants to be I've here. been dragged on. Georgina actually sent me £2,000 yesterday. <laughs> Where's my money? <laughs> so I was like, girl, I'll be there. <laughs> I'm really, really happy to have some awesome ladies here today. So I'm going to give you a bit of background what we're talking about today. It's a very important topic and it's all about women in the workplace and imposter syndrome. We're all working ladies from different fields, but we certainly encounter similar issues when it comes to this. It's all too easy to feel like you're not doing enough or succeeding as quickly as others. This is especially apparent when you're a woman at work. So before we get into the topic... I want to introduce a very special guest that we've got by the name of Venus Levido. Welcome, Venus. Hi. Would you, would you like to say hi? You just Hello, said hi. hi, everyone, again. Oh. <laughs> hey. You can, you can find Venus Levido where? At Venus Libido. Oh, there we go. That's very simple. simple. <laughs> very simple. And then we've got two very familiar, awesome voices as well. So shout out to our girls here who are going to say, hey, Georgina. Hi. Hey, Cheryl. Hi, everyone. So, yes, we are excited. So we're going to get into the topic. I want to ask you to name one achievement you're proud of. It doesn't have to be work-related. It can be something from your personal life. And I would I would just say, like, as a disclaimer, you don't have to say meeting me. You just <laughs> that afterwards. You can say something else that you find um, is awesome, even though I know that's super great. Yes. So I, sorry for Georgina. Go. I was going to say, I'm going to go first because mine is really good. And <laughs> it's like from a long time ago this is from when I was like 17 but it's my claim to fame and I'm holding on to it and I'm bringing it up every time <laughs> I can so when I was 17 I danced on a Puff Daddy tour and oh, I was what? yes I know girl that's what I'm telling y'all um, I was a dancer back in the day I studied dance at college and um, an opportunity came up for this guy who needed some backing dancers um, and so lots of us auditioned I got in and then I went on tour Oh my God! Yes, I did. Dancing, it was so good. And I saw Puff Daddy. I saw Lil Kim. I saw all of them. It was Puff Daddy and the family. So literally, as you're walking through the halls, we were seeing all these artists. And I was like, as I said, I was quite young, so it was amazing. Yes, one twelve, Carl, everyone. Yeah, it was amazing. I'm quite close to all of them. (laughs) (laughs) That's my claim to fame. That's amazing. That's a good one. I'm not sure how to follow that, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let down now. <laughs> but I'd say um, one of my proudest achievements was back in January 2015 when I made the decision to apply to my local radio station mm. to um, audition to host my own radio show. Mm. Yeah, um, a couple of months before that, I had spoken about it to my dad. And one of the last conversations that we had together, he said to me, um, you know, if this is something that you really want, you're really interested in presenting, you've got to take any opportunity you can get 
don't think that you're not good enough mm. because you haven't got a, a degree in communications or whatever. All you need is for somebody to give you that opportunity mm -hmm, to get yeah. your foot in the door. Yeah. And it was the best thing that ever happened for me. I spent two years there with my own show and everything that's kind of fed on since then mm, has kind of, of been because of that opportunity. Um, even me being here today, sitting here talking. So I'm grateful for that. Nice. And we're grateful to have you. Yeah. yeah. How exciting. Um, I've got two. I'm going to go with the like whole fame thing. And I think when Rihanna posted my work. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. That was a pretty big achievement for me to get recognised by someone who's like wow. an amazing mm -hmm. inspiration to me. Um, yeah, I think that was quite a big deal for me last year. In terms of like realising that my work is actually good enough mm -hmm. and like telling myself, okay, someone does really like your work who is an amazing artist also. So I think that was quite a, a huge like turning point in my career. And also, you know, two years, my mental health has been really great. And mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's another thing that I'm really proud of as like an achievement. I've actually made it through another two years. Yeah, that's, yeah. Right. that's a good achievement. That's yeah. a really, big, really one. big one. Especially nowadays, you know, it's yeah. really difficult to stay on, to yeah. stay okay. Yeah, you know? exactly. So you've got Onwards and upwards there. at the moment, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. And knowing me helps. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm full of myself. It today. absolutely no, does. Yeah, <laughs> she's had sugar. I just want to point out she's had sugar. So with my, what would mine be? Do you know what? I'm going to be a bit sentimental and say this awesome group um, mm -hmm. setting up Women of Power like just under two years ago now was something that was done due to a, a number of reasons and I think going with it and being consistent with it and like just putting in all the work that I have put in which I have to pat myself on the back for doing mm -hmm. has been Done awesome well. um, and like building just a team of awesome women who all contribute in their own amazing way it's just like literally been great I think it's also been great for all of our social lives as well because mm -hmm. you get to meet more yeah. people you get to interact better and I also get to you know throw some pretty cool events um yeah based around stuff that really means a lot to me. So, do you know what? I'm just pretty cool. So, yeah, I'm going to, like, big myself up for that because I, I definitely... It means a lot to me. Women um, of Power has definitely changed my life as well. So, oh, yeah. I think it's changed all of our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise, none of us would be yeah. here now, would yeah. we? Yeah, definitely. Open doors and giving opportunities yeah. to meet some amazing people. It's such people. an amazing space that you Just created. being in a space of women as well. Yeah. It's yeah. a nice change. Yeah. It's a nice change. Sorry to cut ourselves, engineer. We don't like guys. We don't like guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a job. We love them, really. You can just pull the plug and be like, get out. No, I'm um, so, yes, as we said before, um, we are going to be speaking about imposter syndrome. It is, I've got a stat here that says around one third of young people suffer from imposter syndrome, with 70% of people experiencing it at least once in their lives. In recent years, it's become widely discussed as a millennial issue blamed on the overuse of social media and, and ambition addiction. So, like, I'm going to throw it out there to you, um, all of you now, uh, just kind of to dive into the topic about whether you have experienced um, doubting your own, like, achievements. Because I think it's a it's a big one. For me, it's massive because mm. I'm constantly, like, my mind, I always say I've got a really busy mind. Mm -hmm. My mind doesn't stop. I've got, like, mm -hmm. a million ideas, a million things that I want to do, a million things that I want to accomplish. And sometimes I don't just take a minute. 
I yeah. preach taking a minute, but yeah. I don't often take a minute. <laughs> and even when I'm doing stuff and things are going well, I still have something in the back of my mind that says, you're not doing enough. Or you look at your achievements and you think, oh, this ain't nothing. This is like yeah. minor. So like, would you say that you guys have experienced this? Mm. Like, is this something that you, you come across daily or you've had it like, it's come once? I would say, um, for me, actually, yeah, I've definitely experienced this and um, more so to do with my presenting work. So um, my day-to-day job is as an accountant, so obviously a million miles away from the world of presenting. And I've always wanted to be a presenter, probably for the last, over the last decade, definitely. And I spoke about it with friends and family and um, I just couldn't really see a way that I could get into it from the background that I came from and again it's like maybe a little bit of it was self-doubt thinking mm. well who's going to take me serious I'm you know I'm an accountant I've, I've always worked in finance since the age of about 18 how am I going to break into this and mm. who's actually going to be bothered to listen right. or, or support me in any way and it wasn't really until maybe f- five years ago when I really thought actually do you know what there's no reason I can't do this. Mm. I think I've got a talent and I am good enough. Yeah. So I'm go- if, if there are not opportunities there for me necessarily, I'm going to create my own opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, just kind of believing in myself, also having um, some key people in my life, some friends and family members who really supported me when I was... My confidence was on the floor at some points and I just thought, I can't do this. I can't think of anything to talk about. I don't know wh- where should I go? Who should I interview? Who should I talk to? They always constantly said, you know, you can do this, Cheryl. You're just in a bit of a dip at the moment. You know, you're going to pull out from that. And that's been a, a major support for me. Mm. And it really mm. does. It does help <laughs> massively. And I, I still rely on that support yeah. to this day, even though I'm much more confident in what I'm doing and in my abilities. Yeah. yeah, I think the same for me. The key thing is having people around you that can, you know, basically big you up, basically. Because mm. um, I had a similar situation <clears throat> in that I had left my previous industry um, to go into what I'm in now, which is publishing. And I didn't know how I was going to get into it. I didn't know, like, I was thinking they're not going to, especially at my age now, I was thinking, how can yeah. you be changing careers? I had no experience in this and kind of thing. And even though I had years of work experience, yeah. like I've been working since I was 16, mm. in my mind I'm still thinking, but it's not relevant to what you're doing now. It's not yeah. tailored in exactly. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I get into publishing and I'm like, yes, I'm here, great. And then an opportunity for promotion comes up and I'm in this circle, which is called a mentoring circle. And um, I'd already said to my boss, no, I'm not going to apply for this role because I don't think I'm ready, you know, whatever. And she was like, okay, went to the circle happened to mention it that oh yeah there's actually a job going in my team actually and everyone was like why haven't you applied what are you doing why are you self-sabotaging and I'm like really I was like literally looking at myself like what do you mean (laughs) like I just feel like I'm not ready I don't feel like I've got the skills I haven't been here very long I don't know you know I don't know if I can do the job and everyone was literally just like basically you can do it you need to apply they basically said you know you need to go for it I went for it got the job and I'm still now in the job thinking, oh, I don't think I can do it. I'm not sure if I... Even though yeah. I'm doing it every day. Yeah. Every day I'm still doubting it. Like, oh, God, I'm not, I'm not as good as those people. Oh, yeah. I still need to research this. Yeah. I need to think about it. I need to be yeah. training in this. Even though I didn't think I could even get the job. Now I've got it. I'm still doubting yeah. the and fact that I've got it. And you compare sometimes as well, exactly. don't you? Think, oh, well, so-and-so might be better. it's key that I had that yeah. circle yeah. that actually was yeah. the ones to kind of push me to say, no, you Absolutely. can do it. Go for it. Yeah. And now that I've got the role, 
they are still key in me, yeah. you know, feeling better about it and trying yeah. to work mm. through still some of the anxiety that I have yeah. right. about it. Yeah. I think linking back to what you both said, like, I felt the same in the sense that I spent however many years college university studying for one particular thing and then mm-hmm. thinking actually this wasn't right for me after then going into it as a career and finding actually I have a really huge passion for this that is only just surfacing now and the feeling you're not good enough for that position because you spent all this time studying for something else yeah. and crafting that and making that your perfection within your within your your career mm-hmm. so it's really hard that when you figure out that one thing later on, you know, in your yeah. mid-twenties, thirties, that this is actually what I was meant to do, but it was always in the back of my mind and I was too scared to change anything. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot yeah. of, that's where a lot of it stems from is when you're at uni mm. and you're pushed into a certain into a certain course and it's actually not right for you. It's mm. just like there's not, no, you feel like there's no other option other than what you're being told you're good at when actually you're good at other things as mm. well. Yeah, I think that's actually part of, why this imposter syndrome comes up such a, yeah. so, such a lot, a lot, <laughs> um, can't speak, um, is because when you're in school, you're mm. told, like, you go to school, you go to college, you study this, then you go into a career, and that's, that's what you it, do for the yeah. rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And then you find out, actually, I could change courses, and it yeah. doesn't make that much of a difference. Oh, I could actually change mm. careers, and yeah. nothing is going to... Like, they make it seem like, once you've made that decision, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. that is it. And then you're scared. Exactly. You feel scared to change. But if you knew you had that, flexibility that which yeah. which yeah. you only find out later in life when you mm. actually take the plunge yeah. um you probably wouldn't suffer mm. so much from thinking that you're not good enough because yeah. you've, you've been studying something else all this time and it doesn't it's not relevant yeah. to what you're doing mm-hmm. now exactly. you would just be happy to try different things and it could I think be a generational thing as well enough. because if you think about our parents our grandparents mm-hmm. their generation you you left school if you mm-hmm. were lucky enough you went yeah, to, to college yeah. and then you got into a job and yeah. you stayed in that job yeah. until retirement yeah. Yeah. so sometimes I think when we're trying to explain our, our dreams and our aspirations mm. to the older generation sometimes you can it's not that they're not supporting you but you can kind of see they're thinking well, why did it take you 10 yeah. years to figure this out? Yeah. You know, you're, you're settled in yeah. this now. Do you really want to step yeah. into the unknown? Yeah. Do you really yeah. want to kind of do this? Yeah. So again, that's that's kind of hard on the on yeah. the self-esteem as well. You've got to be strong enough yeah. to say, no, I know that it's not going to be easy, but this is what I'm passionate about. Yeah, and absolutely. this is, I want to take the risk. Yeah. Life is too short. Yeah. And I think as women as well, it's really important that we acknowledge that it does take longer for us to get to the top. Mm, yes, So definitely. the fear of, okay, I've worked so many years at getting just to this position to mm. then start something else can take me so bottom, many years yeah. to get to the top of that. And that is the problem for us as women, if, we, if we're being honest about yeah, it. Yeah, that's definitely true. Absolutely, and I think comparison plays a massive part. I think a lot of people will look at people that have been in certain industries for like mm. 10 years and then you're like, I want to switch now. Mm, like yeah. I've been working maybe senior mm. in my industry for so long yeah. and now to switch over to this and yeah. then to start from the bottom because yeah. realistically experience mm-hmm. plays a massive part. Yeah. Um, and you're going to have to maybe intern or work for free and it's like mm-hmm. I've got bills or people do, do start it? thinking about things like family. If I want to mm-hmm. have a family now and I start a fresh new job, like... What's going to happen? Like, yeah. people are really, you know, looking at themselves and looking at others that have been in the job for so long, wondering, like, how the hell am I going to do it? And as you mentioned, I think family and yeah. generations and culture plays a massive part in it. Like, I know from my own standpoint that my mum looks at consistency or staying in something as um, security. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so jumping from one thing to another or exploring different avenues to her is, like, 
you're playing with your security. Yeah. Mm. Like you need to just stick this out. And yeah. it's again because like in her time, that's you, how it you, was. you just yeah. ride it out whether you yeah. paid your job yeah. or not. Yeah. You ride it out. You pay your way to do your thing. Get your family. You moan about it. No, but we live in a generation now where people are able to seek out opportunities and we've got things like social media which play a massive part in um, inspiring us, connecting us to people and also providing some cool opportunities at the same time we are there and we watch other people flourish. Well, yeah. they, it's it like mm, highlight reels, yeah. 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 as they say, you know, people put out what they want to put out about exactly. it and it can become a bit difficult. Um, there's an article that I read um, on themuse.com and the Dr. Valerie Young, I think mm-hmm. her name is. Yeah. I'm actually waiting for my notes to load on my page. She basically comes up with five types of, five types of imposters, should I put it? So I'm going to ask you guys where you feel you fit. First one is the perfectionist. Um, the second one is the superman or superwoman. Third one is the natural genius. Fourth one's the soloist. And fifth one is the expert. So perfectionist, obviously, somebody that just wants to make sure that everything's done correctly. Uh, superwoman or superman is that person who will always go the extra mile to save everything. So work's finished. You're supposed to be home at five. <laughs> You've got there. something to do. And it's like, I might as well just sit this out so that everyone can pat me on my back and say, well done, great job. Like yeah. I've always said in all the roles I've worked in, listen, if you patting me on my back and say, Priscilla, great job is not turning into direct income. Yeah. I don't need you patting me on my back. Thank you very much. Um, the natural genius, which Love is it. a person who just finds it excelling easy. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very, it's very easy for them. They kind of do well in general. Um, and sometimes out themselves because they're like, wait, I just moved this bottle here. Like, what's so <laughs> magnificent about that? Um, the solo is somebody who likes to work by themselves, do everything by themselves. They kind of take everything on. And um, what was the last one? The expert. It's just the person who just knows, like, the know it all. I'm a bit mm. of a know it all. But I don't I, know if I fit into it. I, I was going to say, know, I, I, fit find all my, of them. I find myself in a bit of all of them, personally. Yeah. I'd say not... two for me the superwoman mm. and maybe the soloist. Like, I, I, I really struggle to say no. Right. I do a lot yes. of stuff in my local community. Mm, okay. I'm involved in lots of community groups and projects and stuff. And it's, oh, Cheryl, we've got this event going on. We've got the AGM. We've got this. Yeah. We've got that. And I'm sometimes I'm dropping on my feet. I'm exhausted, yeah. but mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to let people down if I don't do it. Yeah. And um, I suppose the soloist in the sense mm. that I think if I'm not having to wait on people and rely on people to get information to me or to do things for me, I can just Perfect. get on with it. Yeah. yeah. So if it doesn't work, it's on me. Yeah. It's not, it hasn't worked because so-and-so hasn't mm-hmm. delivered and given me what they're supposed to have given me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say that's... Uh, Venus, what about you? You said you fit in uh, all, all of them. Apart from the expert one, right. I feel like I'm a perfectionist mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very fast learner yeah. and then I'm, I'm like bit like well, why am I getting this really quickly and right. I always want to be further than I am in a in, in a role because mm-hmm. I've already I'm there and now I'm there and right. now I'm there and I'm ready to go on to the next thing yeah so yeah I think it's a bit I yeah and I'm just always especially when I left university all my jobs I was you know after like a month I was a supervisor I was yeah. always getting ahead of everyone else and it doesn't always lead you in a good place mm. with with your colleagues. Yeah. yeah. I had a lot of women who were very jealous of how well I progressed in a company because they weren't learning as quickly as I was. Right. And then it makes me doubt myself and it makes me feel terrible and it makes me want to stay behind with them right. so that I don't, you know, Stand fall out, out with yeah, people. Or... Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's a, that's always been a hard one for me. That's really interesting that you said that one about sometimes staying like trying to be stagnant because yeah. other people 
can't maybe move at the can't same pace. Your um, yeah. And that's another way of self-doubting yourself. Yeah. And it does impose this imposter syndrome because you kind of feel like, okay, I'm good. Am I feeling like I'm too good? Mm-hmm. And then they're looking at you like you might want to slow down, you know. <laughs> this is not all yeah. what you think it, it is. That's true. It's, it's all competition in yeah. industry. It, it really is. And it's it causes a lot of arguments. You know, even with my partner, he said that he was so good at his job that people would talk down at him yeah. because they were threatened by him. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, well, yeah, that happens yeah. to everybody, really. It plays on people. Yeah. Regina, do you feel like you've I think, I think my one, I'm just looking again now, I think mine's probably the expert thing mm-hmm. in the fact that it's saying, like, do you shy away from applying for job postings oh, unless okay. you meet every single requirement? Yes. Right. <laughs> like, Gosh, I'm yeah. always like, I don't think I know enough. I think I need more training. Right. Oh, maybe I need to speak to someone. That person's doing better. Maybe I need to find out from them. Yeah. How do you know? Like I'm always trying to be like I need more skills. I need right. to be better. Mm. I need more. I think I'm that one. Always yeah. doubting the skills that I already have. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Even before, like when I was trying to change industries, I was like, maybe I should do a course, mm. another course in this, or maybe I should right. do another degree. Right. And people are like, you don't need another degree. You've got one already. You've got yeah. skills. You've been working for like ten years. You're mm. fine. Like yeah. you, you've got transferable skills. And I'm like, yeah, but they're not relevant to the thing that I want to go into. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's kind like, of me as well. Relevant skills with the title yeah. that I'm applying for right. on the degree. Right. You know that kind of thing. And yeah. then. You find out, like, you transfer to different jobs. Yeah. Transferable, yeah. transferable skills is a real thing. Yeah. It is. Yeah. When they used to talk about that in college, I used to think, well, no. Yeah. But now I know that it's, it's yeah. a real thing. No, absolutely. I completely agree. So, like, on that topic, especially when it comes down to the actual workplace and, and in being a woman in a workplace, and one of the things that I find, I've spoken about it quite a lot, is the whole pat on the back thing that mm-hmm. I find quite a lot of women get in the workplace. You know, I've seen guys work in certain industries and it's you know when it's down to business everyone's very straight faced and you know when it's time to banter everyone knows it's time to banter but for the woman it's like oh you know she does the tease let's do her annual review and so there's no there's no pay increase Mm -hmm. it's just you know what we look at you the mother of the group or Mm -hmm. the little baby of the group yeah exactly it can be very patronising do you know what I find sometimes women buy into it they buy into the tap on the shoulder because it makes them feel like oh my gosh you know they they really like me I'm really accepted whereas you should be going in there it's kind of saying like so are we reviewing my salary are you yeah. going to be paying me 10 grand more or 5 grand more or whatever it is yeah. um, so in terms of like confidence in the workplace um, because especially looking at I think it was a superwoman one Mm-hmm. Um, that, that Valerie Young noted there where it's like you stay behind you're mm-hmm. always doing more I know my last proper like job where I was working for a company I was just doing so much I was working when I shouldn't work no one's paying me extra yeah. I'm doing so much I'm burning myself out and I'm never feeling like it's enough because the type of job I can't talk the type mm-hmm. of job I was doing it never stopped mm. so would you say that like you felt the the workplace is giving you confidence. Um, did you feel like you you were given the tools? Or were you ever like fully confident in in the spaces that you operated in or operate in? Have um, you struggled with um, confidence mm. in the workplace? I would say for me, I haven't. I don't can't recall ever struggling with confidence in the workplace. But what I have experienced is what you mentioned about the kind of the pat on the shoulder or the psychological pat on the shoulder where I've kind of, an opportunity may have come up within the the department and I've thought, oh, well, surely I'm going to be in the running for this. I've been here X amount of years. Mm -hmm. I can do the job. Maybe with some slight training Mm -hmm. to get me up to what they would need. You know, I thought I would probably be first pickings. And then um, 
subsequently they actually got somebody from outside and brought them in Mm. and that felt like a real slap in the face and when I had spoken to my manager at the time and said well did it ever cross your mind at at any point to think about putting me forward for this Mm. and the response was kind of well you know ideally we wanted somebody who was qualified in this particular qualification Mm. and um we're really happy with where you are right now. No, that's the worst. And yeah, we, we, you know, we, you, we value your contribution and we think that, that yeah. the level that you're at now is just perfect. And I'm thinking, so basically you're happy for me to be stifled in this. Mm-hmm. And stay where you are. And stay in, uh, as the Americans say, stay in your lane. And mm. I just thought, mm, yeah, that doesn't sit well with me. So, uh, so irritating. Yeah. Public Very service announcement. Uh, announcement. I can't talk today. I can never talk. <laughs> Public service announcement to all women that are listening to this. You need to stand up to your yeah. flipping bosses, but don't like blame me or anything. <laughs> if you get sacked, if you get sacked all emails must rent. be directed to Priscilla. No, no. <laughs> funny page. Oh, honestly, I've, I really yeah. think like a big skill is to be able to you know mm-hmm. articulate yourself in your stance and yeah. be able to back it up. Yeah. And the problem is when you have this syndrome, sometimes you don't look at those transferable skills that yeah. you've got or the things that you've actually done or the results that you've produced yeah. in that particular position yeah. because people say oh, that's what you're supposed to do but no not really you know I'm doing and I'm excelling at my job so I'm yeah. telling you that put me forward for this position otherwise I'm going to have to start rethinking my stance um, mm. and where I stand it's difficult to say this because we've yeah. got bills to flip and pay yeah. and we ain't all millionaires um, mm. and it's it, you know it's hard but it's just like if we maybe all collectively work towards yeah, that, I definitely have um, tried to drum into myself about when, it, especially when it comes to pay, about actually bringing up the conversation, mm. even in, at interview stage. Yes. So how much does the? Because yeah. even saying how much does this role pay? Because you know there's a lot of places that don't want to put the, yeah. the pay on the interview. So you know irritating. when you go there, you'll go through two interviews and they still haven't told you, oh, and then it's when they offer it to you. Yeah. By this time, you're giddy and excited that they've offered you the job, and then you yeah. find out that the pay is terrible. Yeah. But you're so excited about this new opportunity mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, and it's such at the late stage now, you don't want to be like, oh, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay, not then. sure I can, yeah. you know, you feel. So I've tried to make it a point to always ask beforehand. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Like when I was doing agency work, I remember like getting to a point where saying, look, don't tell me any jobs that are under this pay because yeah. I'm not interested. Yeah, yeah. I'm not applying for jobs that don't have the pay no, on there. Yes. I'm not interested in any pay under this. So yeah. don't come to me with that because I feel like it's a way for them to kind of basically entice you yeah. by the job spec yeah. and Suss by the company yeah. and try and seduce yeah. you into thinking this is the most amazing yeah. job and then Absolutely. at the last minute yeah. telling you actually the pay is rubbish mm-hmm. but you feel guilty now for turning it down yeah, or wasting course. their time. or And even like at my old... Um, job I really had to try and make an effort to be like so you know is there a pay rise or mm-hmm. this new role does it have a new pay? like yeah. and telling other women in the workplace like the people yes. that came in after yeah. me yeah I would tell them how much I was making in their that role is really important, and tell them when you go you. into the interview mm. or when they offer you this role yeah make sure you find out how much they're offering yeah. and if they say it's less than what I was getting make sure you say well actually I was thinking more of this because yeah. the problem I had is that people don't want to tell you what they were getting paid even though they're no longer doing your job yeah yeah so they've moved up to another role you're now moving into their role but they don't give you the heads up of this is how much the job paid so when you go in there it's you can give an idea of how to negotiate if you have no idea left on the back foot and another trick that they pull as well is they say things like um so if you're going for a job in an external company 
instead of telling you how much it's offering, they'll say, well, what are you currently on? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. doesn't matter for? what that I'm currently matter. on. What do you pay? This is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Does what this job fall into the bracket? If yeah. it doesn't, I won't waste your time and I would thank mm. you very much not to waste mine. Absolutely. <laughs> Goodbye. I remember, I remember um, having a telephone, so I handed in my CV somewhere and the lady emailed me like, we're really interested, can we jump on a call? Perfect. So we were on a call, we were chatting away like best friends mm-hmm. because I'm so easy to get along with. <laughs> and and um, then I was like, you know, in terms of money, I'd love to understand where you guys are. And you know, the whole, mm, mm. so we're reviewing it, we're kind of open to, it was just very, and I was just like, so what are you offering? Because you've obviously got people in that post. Yeah. So, yeah. You know how getting? much you've got in the bank. So exactly. like how much? And when she told me the figure, I was like, it, it's, I'm going to be really honest with you, it's just not going to work for me. Mm. I can't go for that. I'm, You know I'm more experienced than that. You know the skills mm. that I can offer. So no, and it was really funny because after the conversation, she ended up emailing me back and offering me a like more of a consultancy style like come freelance do this um, mm. particular thing with us on a fee that you're happy to do so I ended up doing a project thing with them for a couple of months and, and going on to whatever I wanted to do but it's just important to know your worth and I think yes, sometimes yeah. you might need to sacrifice you might mm-hmm. um, sometimes you obviously will need to cave in uh, yeah. and do it because we've you got bills to, to pay but they do they lure you in and especially yeah. once you've gone in and you've gone like two stages in and by the time you're on the second interview let's be honest you've stopped looking for jobs because yeah. you're super excited yes. you're thinking you've got the job only for them to tell you after a months of process that if <laughs> you're going to do all the all the jobs paying you something that let's be honest it's not livable I can't even yeah. click my toenails for that amount so like what do you want me to do moving <laughs> forward but this, this is, is the really thing now bad. this is the thing like of people not telling you how much they pay and I yeah. feel like it's manipulation it is and, it is. and is. keeping this whole secrecy in the office about what people are getting paid as well I also think that's manipulation yes, I actually is. think that the more transparent the company is about what everyone's mm-hmm. getting paid or not like you individually but like what's that role yeah. what the band is what the band is yeah. you know, yeah. depending on your yeah. experience that is so helpful because it means that I know where I'm aiming for Absolutely. I can know how I can negotiate what I can live on yeah. mm-hmm. at the end of the day if I'm doing this role that pays me now and I can live on this yeah. and you're asking to promote me and you're not giving me much more extra money why mm-hmm. am I taking on that headache yeah. true I can yeah. then say well actually I might as well just carry on where I am yeah. and do what I'm doing exactly. unless I've decided that actually I'm going to do that job for a little while get my skills and then take it somewhere else yeah. you can make that decision yeah. Yeah. but they're kind of yeah. like but at least holding you can you make ransom. an informed, informed decision exactly by not letting you know yeah. what's going on and I think it's really important for women to have those yeah. conversations oh, yeah. because I think we're a lot more scared to approach the subject Absolutely, of yeah. salaries and Massively. promotions and what we we mm. like to just like work away don't we? quietly work away like my mentor told me that women are more likely to just sit there working in hope that people Someone will notice their achievements yeah. and promote them. Will come. Yeah, mm-hmm. that people say, oh, you've been here for eight years, you've worked really hard, you deserve a promotion. Mm-hmm. Whereas they say, no, the person who talks the loudest yeah. is the person that's going to Which is promotion. normally the man, let's and be exactly. fair. Which is normally yeah. Priscilla. Excuse me, pay me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pay that's, me my that's the attitude money. that we need to have now. That is the attitude yeah. I now have. And I'm impatient like, by me. nature. I'm so impatient. So, like, for me, I'm like, I've been here one month. When you promote me? <laughs> honestly, I'm like, look at what I've done. I've done this, I've done that. Where is this going? Like, is achievements. Because I'm very results-driven as well. So it annoys me when I can't produce. So mm. if I'm in a role and I'm producing, I'm like, yeah. so, yeah. what's this £10,000 increase that we were talking about? Mm. And they're looking at me like, what the hell are you on about? Mm. Did you want to say something, Venus? Oh, I was just going to say, like, um, going back to, like, knowing your worth and yeah. t- being very transparent um, about who's being paid what in the company, the 
job that I did before I went self-employed and mm. did illustration, I was a specialist decorator, and that in like entailed decorating like the rich and famous mm. house. And it was a it was a small team of us, and there was like four women and like four men. And once I started to get very comfortable with everyone, I was I said to one of the guys, I was like, Oh, do you do you mind me asking like what you're being paid because we're doing the same job and I'm intrigued. And he was being paid double the wow. amount I was being paid. Oh and goodness. I said, I was like, no, you're joking. He's like, no, I'm being serious. That's how much I'm getting paid. Why? What are you getting paid? I said, well, I'm getting paid half of that. And I, I'm not just saying this, but I was doing way more work than he was. Right. Mm. Um, more, well, all of us women were doing more than the men were because we were being able to do the jobs that they couldn't that were more like detailed work and right. that our boss would make us do because we were women because mm. we had delicate hands and... Um, so I addressed this with my manager and he was just like, well, oh, like the excuses, the excuses he said to me, I will take to my grave. He was like, you know, there's just certain things you can't do as a woman, like lift something heavy really? or you, really? yeah, or, you know, there's, you, you can't go and, um, put that wallpaper up that high or get up a ladder. And oh, I was like, are you serious? I was like, are you serious? I was like, should be heavy, li- you must come be heavy on, lifted yeah. anyway. I was like, if you come on site and you say to, you come and watch what I'm doing compared to him, you'll realise that this is wrong. And if you ask me to go pick up that bucket and he can pick it up, I'm sure I can try and pick it up as well. Mm. I was like, that's not an excuse to not be paying me the same amount as him. And I was like, I just didn't know what to do about it because I really loved the job. I was, mm. I didn't want to leave, and he was like, "Okay, well here, I'll put an extra two pound onto your pay." And I was like, "No, oh, thank you." Thanks for the ham sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And After I, tax, not I, even I that. like worked my ass <laughs> off. But the fact that he would even have the audacity to come up with those excuses, you yeah. would think he'd be like shuffling, like, "Oh my god, is it's this true? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. this person when they came in, they negotiated but saying their pay that when the they fact came that in." I was, yeah, that yeah. Is, he's not even trying to make <laughs> yeah. an excuse. Yeah. Make like, like he, he's a guy, you're a woman. Sorry, yeah. like my wow. strength and my ability does not does not come into like how much I should so, be paid but he should against a guy where he gets paid more. Yeah, if we're doing the same role and when same title, yeah, yeah, and when age as well. It's like so, he's five years older than me, but doesn't we we started at the same time at the same level? Mm. Yeah. So he said, oh, he's he also brought age into it. He's like, well, he's he's five years older than you. I went, I don't care. Exactly. I can I if not can do more than what he is doing. But at the end of the day, as well, they do say that like they say one of the other reasons why men get paid more than women is that because when they do go into negotiate for promotions yeah. mm. and things the boss automatically assumes that they have dependence that they need yeah. to be financially more secure because they're going to have a wife they're going to yeah. have children apparently yeah. that yeah. is how yeah. the male bosses view male employees oh that's mm. fantastic then so next time I apply for a job I'm going to buy myself a beard yeah. shave my hair off yeah. and walk in and be like they, oh yeah. you're right yeah I've got 10 kids like what the yeah. hell yeah but even before they have kids they just sense. view them in that They've got yeah. more to do. They need more money because yeah. they're a man and they're going to have to do all so the stuff. That is so true. And then on the flip side, for women, when you go in there now, um, even when you go into a job interview, I've experienced this myself, being slightly older than, than yourself, Venus. Um, so I'm mid-30s. So if I go into a job interview, instantly they're thinking, ooh, Mm. sort of marriage yeah. right. probably having, having a child soon. either has children mm-hmm. or will be having children in the next few years obviously legally they're not allowed to ask you certain questions but they try to get around yeah. it I'll yeah. never forget one saying to me um, 
Oh, just to make you aware, we have great crash facilities um, available at this company, if that's something that would be of any interest okay. to you. I literally sat there completely stoned, poker-faced. Oh, really? Mm. Anyway, with regards to my experience, <laughs> completely <laughs> wow. it, not wow. interested. I'm not telling you whether I have kids or whether I plan on having kids. How blimmin' dare you? Yeah. And I remember speaking to the recruitment consultant afterwards and saying he said oh how did it go what was it like I said I could not believe the cheek of this man and when I told him he was you know he was mortified (laughs) but what Georgina said is very true they do sometimes assume that oh well a man will need more money well maybe the woman's here for for pin money especially if she's married and has a family and stuff oh she just here's a bit of extra cash or whatever I'm sure her husband's keeping her or she's not gonna push for that promotion she's not gonna ask for anything Mm. more so it, it can be really frustrating and yeah, it does, yeah. yeah, it does knock your yeah. confidence. You need to be You've got to be assertive. Even if you don't yeah. want to be, you have to. I just think be very open with your other employees about what you're getting paid so you know that you're, yeah. you're getting the same. I never thought same. of that. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good point. Especially with uh, men, mm. yeah. So linking it back and kind of going um, back into the whole imposter syndrome thing, um, social media has obviously been linked to the rise of, of people mm. having this because... Again, as I said previously, you've got people putting their successes on there. And it's amazing how it's turned into the creative version of LinkedIn. That's how I, I see yeah. it. It's yeah. like you can literally see what people are up to. Yeah. I use it to showcase what I do. You know, I'm sure all of us here do it. Venus, your platform's literally been um, a massive catalyst in, in what you do. So it's it's there and we can see what people are doing. So do you measure your success um, through the eyes of others? Like, do you kind of, is the comparison game really yeah. real because of social media? Do you think it's even more real because of yeah. social media? I mean, I didn't. To start with, when I started getting a following on Instagram, it wasn't... I didn't, like, put that down to, like, how successful I was. But it was... It started... I started to when people were like, wow, you've got so many followers, you must be doing really well. Or just constantly Mm. everyone saying to me, wow, you've got so many followers, you Mm. must be raking it in. I'm just like, no, it doesn't... That has nothing to do with how successful I am. That is... Those are just... That is just a number, and those are just people on the end of, other end of a phone. It has nothing to do with how much work I'm getting in or anything like that. And then I started to like really question, like, wow, should I be getting more work? Should I be doing something different? And it did start to worry me. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I think it does impact. I think social media does. I think impact that's it. also linked to the fact that we get told so many times that oh, this social media influencer, they're getting paid this. Yeah. Oh, look at their new house because they've got this many yeah. followers. Millions yeah. of you followers. Know, yeah. And every time they mention their name, they say they've got eight million followers on Instagram. Mm. And you're like, oh my god, because they've got eight million, mm. that's why they've got all that money. That eight million yeah. is obviously money. Eight and million that's why equates that to eight million pounds. Yeah. 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 And so every time you like put a photo up and you get one click, you're like, oh, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> I get some more followers. I could be, I could be getting my own house. You know what I mean? It's uh, so true that is oh, so and half horrible. of the time when i first joined instagram i literally thought that those were people's real lives mm. i thought that these people that we saw on there that did right. their makeup amazingly were just girls who did their makeup amazingly i didn't realize that they're selling products they're selling ads yeah. right, that they're yeah. doing they had the, they're already models yeah. before or they're doing stuff yeah. on the side mm-hmm. i thought what i saw on instagram of these girls who just looked amazing and nice clothes was just that was, was all that was the there real life. Yeah. it's the only later there. when i found out that oh they actually have their own businesses or they're actually yeah. being sponsored by some mm-hmm. agency or the, and that's where I think the imposter syndrome comes in because yeah. you start 
thinking, oh, they're just regular girls and they look amazing. I could be a regular girl. Yeah. I could look amazing. Look how many followers yeah. they've got just from looking not, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you realise that actually, no, there's I, a machine. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does Absolutely. kind of knock you when, when we talk about the followers and things like mm. that. I, I can speak for myself because um, when I set up my presenter page and I was putting things like my um, podcasts and stuff from my radio shows and the odd bits and bobs and things like that, and as soon as I'd posted something, I'd be literally sitting on my phone for the next hour or whatever. Oh, who's liked it? Who's reacted mm. to it? Who said mm. anything? And if I know that people were all friends or someone was online and they hadn't reacted to it, it's so <laughs> silly. It yeah. is so petty. But in my mind, I was like, yeah. how dare you not react to it? <laughs> you must have seen it come up yeah. on your timeline. Yeah. And it was upsetting me to the point that I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't bother putting stuff up mm. if people are not... And a friend of mine said, Cheryl, just because people haven't necessarily reacted mm-hmm. doesn't mean they haven't read it or they haven't listened to it. Mm. And then I felt quite comforted because people came up to me and said, oh, you really enjoy your podcast. I really mm. enjoy yeah. your radio show. I was like, oh. So I was like, um, could you just give it a like? <laughs> could, you, could you just rate it, please? Oh, and <laughs> so it's awful, yeah. but I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I was seeking approval yeah. from yeah. others. Yeah. And yeah. like Georgina said... Anytime you hear about quote unquote successful people in the mm-hmm. social media world, they're always um, mentioned alongside their following. Yeah. Yeah. So even um, when you're talking about a podcast, I remember speaking to somebody about our podcast mm. when we just started and I was saying, you know, it's doing this and that, it's mm. really great. And the first thing he said to me was, well, how many people listen to it? Well, how mm. many that are, well, how, how many are on Instagram? How many how are, are? And I thought, well, well, we just started out, but. Why don't you listen to it? It's really good, you know. Mm. And I, I felt a little bit deflated because his face dropped when I said, well, we just started out. He was like, oh, yeah. right. Yeah. So you're not really established yet. It's like, well, how do you get established? And yeah, there's people what actually... What does that even mean? Like, get over yourself. Yeah. You mm. know, it, it was. I was annoyed at that. And I think people, some people do have that kind of mm-hmm. mindset. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think- there was one thing that Kanye West said that was actually good <laughs> in recent times. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, I'm intrigued. I know. Um, he was talking him. about um, having no likes, being having the option of turning off your likes on your Instagram and your Twitter ah. and things like that, and saying because obviously it, it is a cause of like you know people yeah. looking and wanting to know how yeah. much followers they got. They don't want to put anything up unless it's getting enough likes and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And he was saying that Instagram and Twitter should implement. Um, the option where you can actually turn that yeah, off. They should. So now you're just putting stuff up. Because yeah. you want to put it up. Yeah. They, they yeah. won't do that though because it's like an addictive thing. That yeah, it's read for a reason. It's a love heart for a reason and it pops up the way yeah. it does for a reason. Yeah, it's like exactly. it immediately triggers a response yeah. from people like, oh, that's Ooh, good. Great. That's amazing. And and worth it. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about, um, about this oxytocin you guys heard that oh, apparently yeah. when you tweet linked, or when yeah. someone likes it it's linked mm. to this hormone, yeah. pleasure hormone oh, so, right. so yeah, yeah so every time so you get a like this yeah. pleasure hormone kicks in yeah. so like, it oh, basically amazing. is a drug wow. basically. Yeah. as much as I'm not for it I mean if anyone wants to book me I'm available <laughs> uh, I'm a model <laughs> Athena so have you got any thoughts on this as well um, because I know you you having a social media platform do you sometimes feel like you have to do more because of it do you I think for me right now is it's trying to teach myself that just not compare myself so especially because there's so many people doing what I'm doing and addressing the topics I'm addressing seeing someone get a job that I maybe really want Mm. or wanted to have Mm. and them getting it over me and then feeling like I'm crap yeah 
I'm learning to like think no that's okay it wasn't right for you yeah. obviously it's right for that person yeah. and to not get into like a really dark place in my in my head where you tell yourself you're not good enough you mm-hmm. didn't get that job you must be rubbish mm-hmm. um so yeah I think that for me it's it's learning not to do that yeah which is really anything. important absolutely so I mean we're slightly slowly drawing to an end even though I could talk here forever <laughs> but like I just want to ask you all how do you think we can work towards overcoming this sense of um, this imposter syndrome or not feeling good enough and especially geared towards women I'd say Mm. because obviously as we've Mm. all touched on we've all Mm -hmm. experienced one or two things that show that there's a clear inequality within certain industries I mean some businesses are working towards sealing the gap more than others Um, it's definitely not easy but it's a process so like what advice could we give uh, women or people to kind of yeah go for it Um, I would say First, it might sound a bit extreme, but therapy. I think therapy is great. It doesn't have to be in a one-to-one situation where you're paying somebody and you're talking to them. It can be in environments like this, Mm -hmm. in safe spaces, female-only spaces, at the type of events that, you know, you put on Priscilla. Lovely plug there. Yeah, our mental Um, health awareness one that we had a few weeks ago was fantastic. And it was great because people got up and they felt, you know, comfortable enough to share Mm -hmm. their stories and to talk. It really helps. I could just speak for myself. Just sitting here with you guys today and sharing this story and, you know, you kind of nodding along going, yeah, I I get that. I totally understand Mm -hmm. where you're coming from. It makes you realise that it's not all in your head. You're not crazy and you're not wrong for having these feelings Mm -hmm. because every action has a reaction. And I think having supportive people around you in your circle, it doesn't have to necessarily be family because sometimes family are not all that supportive. (laughs) So it's just good people in your circle that you can trust and that can, you know, when you do have those moments where your self-esteem or the self-doubt creeps in and it's on the floor, they're the ones mm-hmm. that are going to mm-hmm. keep you floating and yeah. keep you level. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally so, agree. I definitely yeah. think, for me, it would be using, like, more positive language. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I get into a thing where I'm like, oh, no, I don't think I can do that. Oh, no. But then as soon as someone else starts saying, no, you can do it, or you, you remember mm-hmm. what you did last time, or yeah. remember where yeah. you were, then I start to think, yes, actually, mm-hmm. no, I can do it. I can yeah. get it. I can. Yeah. So I think that is really helpful. Like, yeah. I have, like, some buttons on my coat and stuff that says like you know your superpower is doing you and stuff like that that really does help me using that kind of positive language in my head and like saying yes you can do it just Mm -hmm. because you know you're you've just come later than other people you don't have as much experience you can still do it you you've gotten through other things you know just using that positive kind of language I think really can help Mm, definitely I think for me um I would say that to remove everything from your like social media that isn't empowering you yes. and that isn't educational in some mm-hmm. some way or another yeah. so like for me like before christmas i just sat and removed everything that was making me feel really terrible about myself or making me feel like feel like i wasn't succeeding enough mm-hmm. because that person was doing really well and not promoting it mm-hmm. as well as they should themselves so like now i'm just following loads of amazing women that are like on their stories like every day going you can do it today yeah. you can do it like mm. You know, I feel like crap, but we can all do it together. And it's just following other people that do tell you these things on a daily basis instead of just posting a pretty picture of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely. follow other inspirational women. Yeah. Noise. And women that you know that you could 
just slide into their DMs and be like, look, I'm having a really bad day. How do you deal with this? And that they are willing to talk to you about it. Mm. You know, I try to do that on my Instagram. No, I am. I do like to look at it as a place where women can come and talk to me. It's not just a place where I'm just there for me. I'm there for everybody. And I'm trying to follow other women like that as well. And men. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think for me, what I'd probably say to all the ladies out there is learn to manage yourself. Um, One of the biggest lessons I've taken from life in general is making sure that I know me for me. So Mm. I know the things that that work for me. I know the things I'm really good at and I can do at the drop of a hat, but also the things about yourself that might be difficult for you to articulate or or, or manage. So, for example, I've got a very busy mind. So I have a notepad and pen or my phone and I'm always writing stuff down. And it's really weird, but it's almost like emptying out my mind because that's how it works so instead of my mind feeling cluttered it's like I'm offloading I'm offloading and that's my way of managing myself or if it's like having a schedule that works better because you're a bit of a scatterbrain have a schedule like learn how to manage yourself learn how to kind of you know manage the things about you that you maybe don't like and love and I think that will kind of help you work towards saying okay you know I'm doing well here um, Mm -hmm. I'm doing well here and be critical but also compliment yourself Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we can be a bit harsh on ourselves Um, we don't look at some of the stuff that you've done how far you've come Uh, we kind of attribute success to money uh, or monetary Mm -hmm. gain or or fame when the success can be anything it can be you know like two years ago I wouldn't have applied for a podcast and like here I am recording mm. a podcast it's, that's mm-hmm. that's growth in yourself um, so like recognising that and I think those are the things that help mm-hmm. all of you have made fantastic points and I literally could speak here for ages so mm-hmm. the next time <laughs> I'll be on the podcast will be when another £2,000 drops into my account <laughs> that's we'll actually a joke now. you know like some people are going to take that really seriously like I'm not getting paid no one's getting paid here um <laughs> But yeah, thank you so much Thanks to Venus the Beatle. Thank you, Venus. Thank you so much to Cheryl and Georgina as well for being fantastic regulars on the show. You're most welcome. And mm-hmm. Queen P is here, but we are signing out. Please do follow us on social media at Women of Power UK. And please also feel free to visit our website, which is The Conversation. It's spelled random because I'm random. The Conversation is C-O-N-V-E-H-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N. So that's our online platform and that's obviously the name of the podcast too. Thank you for listening and we hope to talk again soon. So everyone say bye. 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 Take care. Stay safe.